And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Dad Bod Rap Pod. It's Thursday. It's a very special Thursday for some of y'all. I don't fuck with this holiday, but many of y'all do, and I and I fully support your fucking with it. Uh, my name is Demo Carter, aka Dim One. I am joined by Mr. Nate LeBlanc. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, man. Thanks, buddy. Um, you know, I generally don't really do the holiday thing that hard, but last year, getting the holidays taken away from us, sort of like we couldn't yeah. have Thanksgiving because we might kill Grandma, was like. A super buzzkill, and I hated that too. So I don't know what I want. Some turkey, I suppose. Okay, you want turkey? You got turkey. Uh, Dave, Dave Ma, what's happening, man? How you doing? Hey, hey, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah, um, yeah just uh, watching one of my favorite Thanksgiving films, which is Gandhi. So I'm very charged <laughs> for this. <laughs> Wait, do you fast during Thanksgiving? Like, what is, <laughs> like you and Ben Kingsley are like... Um, <laughs> fast thing and shit oh wow I'm in a robe. um yeah and yeah, we, we appreciate it and we have a very special guest joining us we have a comedian podcaster david bory you might have seen him on comedy central or heard his podcast all fantasy everything uh david i know i've talked a lot of shit about thanksgiving off top but what is your favorite thanksgiving dish or do you do you partake in that uh, I don't really care about the food. I mean, I, I like turkey, I guess. I just I watch The Sting every year on Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah, like okay. me and my dad started years ago, and now I do it by myself. So, yeah, that's that's okay. my Thanksgiving thing. I love oh, that's, that movie. That's dope. If you, that's if you dope. watch that movie and don't have the little piano ragtime thing in your head for weeks, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, you say, you fala? That's all they say. You fala? I love it. <laughs> Oh, Very that's, much a that's dad dope. movie. That that is dope. Well, we want to thank you for for coming on the program. This is our second annual uh, Thanksgiving uh, episode where we talk a little bit about rap related things that we're thankful for. We'll get into that in just a minute. But David, you uh, are funny. I I realized yeah. doing the uh, doing the research for this program. Nate is our resident comedy nerd, so he's kind of up on shit more than more than I am for sure. Uh, but yeah, I watched uh, a couple of pieces of your stand-up, and I, I I just thought it was really funny. Um, is it a weird time to be a comedian? I think so. Yeah, everybody's like, "Oh man, it must be great." There's so much to talk about, but it's like, I don't know, man. We were living through all that traumatic shit too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I kind of just want to like chill and hang out with my friends. Like I don't. There's all these big things that you gotta have like a succinct point for and it's like uh, i'm kind of just still reeling right now you know what i mean oh man uh yeah it's it's tough and i know that um com comedians have been under particular type of scrutiny uh so i i can i can empathize with where you guys are coming from but uh you said you just got back you're out you're back out on the road yeah i'm back uh i'm back doing live dates just trying trying to figure it out put it back together you know how terrifying is that on a scale of, of zero to 10? 10, man. It's, <laughs> it's the worst because it's like, it's not like, like other shit you could just still do. You know what I mean? Like what, when you're off, you could still like, or I mean, I don't know, but I would assume you could still like write raps or like if you played basketball, you could still be playing basketball. I just didn't practice my one skill that i'm good at <laughs> and then you go and then you go back out and you're like oh man i used to be hooping and it's not there and it's it's very scary because i'm like shit i should go sell insurance i guess this oh man that's that's got to be tough your comedy muscles you're just you're getting stretched you're getting you're getting back out there um and we got the opportunity to uh to go and uh see open mike eagle perform in fucking boise idaho where masks have not been invented yet. Uh, and uh, yeah, shit, shit was kind of nerve wracking. It was a little bit scary. We talked to Mike about that um, on the program, but I'm glad to hear you're back out. Is this tour kind of ongoing? Are you are you popping around the country? I wouldn't even call it a tour. It's just dates as I get them, man. Because okay. that's okay. the other thing is like, because all the big shows got canceled, now like all the famous guys are going to do in the venues I do. So I got to like, wait till I can go do like a Subaru 
dealership in Arkansas <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Because Dave Chappelle's taking my 150 seat rooms. You know. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious. Um, okay, so- shout out to Little Rock. I, you know what I mean? I no disrespect. Yeah, yeah, no. Little Rock is is a big market for us to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about your podcast, All Fantasy Everything. Um, but I was flipping through some of the episodes, and um, you know, Rosie Perez is not included. So is it really all fantasies? <laughs> Man, facts. I mean, <laughs> the hard thing with Rosie is just to pick an era, right? Is it is it White Man Can't Jump? Is it Soul Train Line? Or is it uh, Pineapple Express? Are you? Oh, late, uh, it's you it's uh, it's do the right movie? thing. <laughs> do the right thing. The intro. The intro. Yeah, mm. I'll take See? a little. Uh, her in uh, Birds of Prey, that Margot Robbie movie she was just in. She still looks okay. good. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm a white man. Can't jump the Stooky Brothers. Uh, that's my. <laughs> that's who's the star with the letter Q. Yeah. That's, <laughs> what is a quince? <laughs> Um, David, I wanted to um, ask you a, ask you a couple things, but before we get into it, um, I saw your uh, Mr. Rogers routine about him being, uh, you know, a gangster of the neighborhood. Hilarious. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, that made me think about your upbringing. And can you and, you know, this is a, the dad bod rap pod. Can you let us know when hip hop entered your consciousness and, you know, does it inform your comedy? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I. I'm lucky enough to be, like, I'm 34 years old right now, right? So I'm lucky enough to be of an age that I never had a time where I didn't listen to hip-hop. And my folks are young. My mom specifically, who I grew up with mostly, is really young. So it was like, I, I, don't, I don't ever remember a time not listening to hip-hop. And then we moved, we moved around a lot when I was a kid to different apartments. So every time we got to a new apartment, uh, my mom would let me do the Columbia, the BMG, 20 cds for 10 cents and then we would move and she would she would like and then they would cancel the subscription we go to a new apartment and then i could get 10 15 more cds so that was like and then i had an older cousin who you know because like i said i was a little too young for it but i i was like he was right in the age of the wu-tang takeover and all that kind of thing so yeah it's i didn't even really start listening to other types of music until maybe my mid 20s. So yeah, it's, it's oh, wow. really always informed everything. I mean, 911 is the blueprint drop for me. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Not a tragedy. Uh, what would you say your your vibe is? Like we're kind of like I'll just speak for myself. I'm like kind of a nerdy person who really cares about lyrics and is like specifically into underground hip hop though we try to cover everything. Like what kind of fan would you say you are? I mean, it's so corny because once again, right, it's just he hit me at the right age. But I was like, there's just not one album that did more for me than The Blueprint. Because before, I was really like, I was like, quality and high tech. Like, that was kind of like what my angle was when I was, because like, we were from, I'm from Washington State. So we had The Box. Mm. You guys remember The Box? Yeah, we had The Box. So yeah. it was like crazy, like La the Dark Man and all this underground stuff you would see. But then the blueprint hit me and that became kind of like a blueprint. Yeah, that became. <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then I reverse engineered it. Right. And then I went back and was like, I'm still not like a Dynasty Rock La Familia guy. <laughs> you have your limits. <laughs> um, but like but like but like reasonable doubt, like so much. So and then I just like and then like the era of Kanye and the soul sample. I just like, like big beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like sparse production. I like really, really full. I like epic rap music, I guess. Nice. Mm. Who are some of your favorite producers, man? I mean, once again, you know, it's obviously Kanye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he hasn't done much lately, so you don't have to worry about any kind of cancellation or, exactly. you know, he's, good. And he's they'll just never a great take, producer who minds his own business. They'll never take college dropout from us. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously, like Premiere, uh, you like, like the Dilla beats, but it really goes all over the place, right? Because it's like producers are so like, in my mind, it's like so much of it is tied to like eras. Does that make sense? So it's so much of like, okay, well, I like, I like like the, 
I like the South, but not so much at the age when I was in high. Like, I wasn't, like, a big crunk guy or anything like that. But I like everything, like, pre and post that. So it really depends. But, like, I mean, who's my favorite producer? Yeah, Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it with your chest. It's all good, man. Yeah, man. Um, based on what you're telling us you're into i wonder if you've delved into any of these recent hit boy albums he did the big sean and the two nas records he's doing some big records that also kind of uh work for a more underground sensibility he did a record with benny the butcher that kind of brought him up to a new yeah uh, level of popularity I'm not, I'm not sure if you've heard those but you should if you haven't i've heard the benny record i mean but that's all all that griselda stuff is like i mean somebody picked a griselda song today right yeah yep yeah the, very much something we cover. They won't talk to us, which I wouldn't if I were them either. Really? But uh, do we, they we, talk we... to anyone? Do they, do they <laughs> talk do to like a people? rap radar? Or I just saw um, uh, West Side Gun and Conductor Williams do like a thing for NPR's National Service. It's like, oh, of course, good for them, you know? Because <laughs> I thought I, I feel like I saw Benny, Benny on like Vlad one time. But I guess, I guess uh, Vlad I think is so. huge though, so I, yeah. I, for, I forget about that. We're not, we're not, we're not there yet per se. Um, <laughs> But uh, you said you mentioned growing up in uh, in Washington State. Were you into any of the uh, the hip hop from there? Like you, Blue Scholars guy, Jake One, any of that Man, stuff? Man, not even. It was like, because when I was young, it was not. I don't feel like it resonated local like him. Like I knew these the the Parker brothers. If you ever heard of them, were from like big where fan I'm, of their games. That was their whole the, like. <laughs> They were from where I was from, from like around where I was from. So it was like some of that, but I didn't really get into like, it's so weird. I didn't get into local area hip hop like that when I was a kid. I didn't really like, I didn't really start listening to like local hip hop until I lived up in the Bay. And then I started kind of like fucking with that kind of thing. But as a kid, I really, it was just like all major stuff. And I always felt bad because I didn't like, I don't think I appre I don't think I appreciated the West Coast bounce as a kid. So I always like East Coast and like I said, my cousin was into Wu Tang growing up and then it was like big just like you know, even by virtue of the fact that nobody looks like me who's famous, I I have to <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I got like, uh, not so like yeah, I, I but I wasn't I, yeah, I didn't get into local stuff like that when I was a kid, which is a you know, a shame, right? Um uh, you know that's interesting. You mentioned being from the Bay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that that uh, connection, as well as what kind of like Bay rap are you into? Yeah, we're from San Jose, disclaimer, so we consider ourselves that Bay goes. Area heads. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> dude, I moved when I was 20. I don't even, or no, what year did, what years did he Heroes in the City of Dope come out? Oh, uh, uh, early 05? 2000s? Yeah, I want to say like 2008. No, oh, I'm going to look it, it up. It was like 07, 08. Because I was out of high school, but that was right around when I got to the Bay. So it was like, it was like, like you know, young goalie from Oakland and like Numb Trump and like, obviously. Like, wow, a Numb reference. I love that. Stay. That's where I first got into young goalie. And that was at the time where Twitter was still popping. So I remember tweeting at young goalie and he tweeted me back. And I was like, oh my God. Nice. And then like, you know, knowing people who grew up from uh the bay you find out like about like imp like shit like that like yeah. all that kind of like and then drew down i i like i worked at a casino with the kid who grew up in drew down's neighborhood so he put me on to drew down and then it was just like i kind of like i'm not from there right particularly so i get to pick and choose from every era but I like I like it all out there, and then obviously like you know the pack, the little B, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm. uh, that was cracking right then. So Heroes in the City of Dope, two thousand six, and just a right. uh, brief story. I was a hip hop buyer at a record store in San Jose, so I met Nump, and he is exactly how you would think he is: human cartoon character, yeah. smelled like the best weed humanly possible. Yeah. <laughs> did he have a rat tail back then? Is that that? <laughs> he did. Yeah, he had the rat tail, and I was like, this guy, big hungry who didn't used to rap that much then you used to have to really look for him he went by hungry hussein but now he's got he has like more music coming yeah out. we we know hungry we've uh we've met yeah. him we've hung out with him um he, his guy. his main project is with uh Cutso, who's one of our best friends okay yeah okay. we've had hungry on the show like uh oh. yeah very interesting cat 
Yeah, yeah. He's also a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And big into that skateboard world, which is also like very San Francisco, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, all right. So we uh, the kind of format for today's program is we're thinking and talking about things that we are thankful for. It's that awkward thing we used to do around the Thanksgiving table uh, before eating. And if, and if you're from a family like mine, that would happen at like fucking 8.30 p.m. <laughs> like, wrap it up. Yeah, we're thankful for fucking eating. Um, so we took some time to each of us selecting um, a rap-related thing that we are thankful for. And we're going to break down what we're thankful for and why. We will start with our guest, David, who sent me down a really fun rabbit hole today with his pick. Uh, what is your Thanksgiving pick for this year? Man, uh, G Depp every day. Hey, yo, I walk down the block with my stomach in knots. Uh-huh. Spend time hustling, running for cops. Uh-huh. Broke as a joke, no wins at all. Can't play ball and my Tim's are small. Can't buy trees with government cheese. I'd rather be where it's breeze, niggas bubbling keys. My mom's got two jobs, one in the knees. I'm writing letters to the governor. Please call off the deeds. Like that is such a great song. song. It's such a great song. He's such a great, like, special delivery room, all that shit. I feel like he never got like what it was supposed to be. Like, cause that shit was deep. It was G Dep, like it stands for the game, it don't ease pain. And like that, that song, that song every day specifically, like, I just have been, there's not a lot of rap, like, there's not a lot of rap songs that I've been able to relate to in that exact same way. Like, even that genre of, like, very sad rappers before, like, I know all the kids are sad now, and that's like, but it wasn't like, you didn't have songs like this ever, you know? But And he stripped it down. There's no braggados. This guy isn't even going to win. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, even, like, you listen to, like, like What Up, Fat Lip, and you can still feel like, oh, this shit might work. But, like, that everyday shit was, like, ugh. Like, totally. I, I just used to listen. I just, that song has come to me so many times when I was really down bad and, like, really needed to, like, you know, feel seen. You know what I'm saying? And just like on that, like, I've had cigarettes for dinner. I've worn everyday pants in a week. You know what I mean? Like, all that type <laughs> of shit. It's just like, it just really like, man, that's not, that's not, it just, it's just really got me through some hard times. So I'm real, I'm real thankful for that. Thank you, G Depp. <laughs> uh, Such a I personal feel, track. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like um, listening to you and the guys riff on all fantasy, everything that you do have somewhat of a proclivity for, like some motivational rap. Like you, you use it to hype you up. I got to get it. That Well, that's the thing about rap. That's why it's like, because like I said, I didn't grow up with like other types of music. So like any emotion to tap into rap is the first touchstone that i have you know what i mean i guess r&b to a far lesser extent even though i'm trying to get into it as as i'm older now like i like it a lot better but like anything any any yeah any kind of like unfortunately a lot of the first sex shit i knew about was because of rap like (laughs) yeah any type of any type of emotion it's always gonna be rap is what is is how i learned about it that's so dope um and there's just that whole album, uh, Child of Ghetto, is 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 amazing and one of these interesting footnotes of uh, the bad boy um, runs because Puffy was making the most glittery, glittery, mm-hmm. uh, jiggy stuff, but then G yeah. Depp is this interesting kind of uh, oh man, I didn't I don't want to say diamond in the rough, but goddamn it, I started down that. <laughs> I think you say it. I think you give it to him. I think you give it because like. Puffy always had a few outliers that didn't make sense, right? It was the same with the locks, right? Free the locks. The whole campaign, like, he had a few guys who didn't quite work with the shiny suits, and G-Dep was... But G-Dep could rap, man, like... Yeah, yeah, very much so. I don't particularly know how that story ended, but... Uh, Not well, not well. (laughs) Uh, You guys can kind of Google uh, G-Dep. He's actually serving um, something like a life sentence right now. Uh, for oh, murder man. that he copped to it is a super wild story we posted something about g uh maybe last year on our twitter feed mm-hmm. and folks laced us with the story of um yeah he actually copped to a murder that he committed uh because he felt guilty and he's he's doing a very lengthy sentence right now it's um, it's wild to say that i could 
see that i don't know man that that man feels a lot like it doesn't seem that crazy to think that that happened but geez. yeah the guy who wrote every day has a conscience right yeah. <laughs> right right exactly oh man um and you know once again uh david don't get around puffy no matter how far you ascend <laughs> if he starts a comedy label just stay away <laughs> i'm not trying to i i'm gonna I, I no i i don't want i love that he's very funny guy that's and that's all I will have to say about that. <laughs> there, there we go. He, he, you don't want to make any enemies in the industry. Uh, I think um, it's kind of interesting that uh, G. Depp came back up because was it Lil Wayne who rhymed over who, the special, a special delivery? delivery. Thing? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. It's yeah. such a nice cyclicality to that when it came back up and everyone was like, "Man, that G. Depp album was so good." I just it feel like so it's good. we're keeping it alive a little bit. He's obviously not around to promote his own music, but I think that it's like you know I hate to use a, a corny term, but it's like a real heads kind of album. Mm-hmm. It's like if you know, then this G. Depp album is like it's it's some of the best writing in that. Uh, bad boy era uh, besides the locks which i was happy to hear you bring up as well um it, it's a shame I, <laughs> they when i heard him rap about wearing the same clothes for multiple days i was like yeah okay this is <laughs> like this is for me it's I'm relatable yeah that's, that's that's so dope uh thanks david for for bringing g depp to the party we're gonna go from from david to dave uh Hello. which is a, a a very far move uh mr ma what are what are you grateful for besides size medium t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> extra medium by the way um yeah, exactly. you know uh you guys all chose like specific tracks and like moments but i went with uh ego trip um the mm. not just the magazine but the media conglomerate who over the years i as well as you guys have grown up with and you know their book of rap lists and their white rapper show and you know for them they're just a constant source of joy for me and um they're they have a never-ending ageless list to it and it's you know everything is done with like a loving snark you know what mm-hmm. i mean and mm-hmm. and they 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 make fun of the culture in the same ways that we do you know what i mean yeah. so it's just yeah. ferociously smart willfully smart ass and i was lucky enough to write for ego trip land in uh 2010 to 2014 or so mm-hmm. and uh, b- before they got before they went defunct but it was great because it was a publication that let me do stories that nobody else would be able to do and definitely not in 2021 and we would do stuff like um cool keith's favorite places to pleasure himself so i would call up <laughs> Kirk keith and he would tell me what you know jokingly but then is it jokingly good is it keith? you what know what i mean his- what was the number one? I feel like it's just like I, some I, kind I of a hyperbaric pro- chamber upside down. <laughs> then go subway station. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I so it, it was places in New York. So he'd be like, oh, yeah, this porn shop on 4th Ave. I would just touch myself over here. Anyways, next question. And I'd be like, what the hell? But yeah, it was amazing. I got a, I dug it up and, and posted on Twitter um, like a few months back. But yeah, it's hilarious. You know, we would do stuff like call up Danny Brown and ask him what his worst job was before he got famous and things like that and it it was journalism but it was also like the funnest journalism that one could have and um you know working there i was able to interview like lord finesse and boots riley and big boy from outcast and you know i even though they're not active they still maintain a presence and um the other yeah. day um uh on instagram they had that bismarck key poster there they said they found a few in the archives you know the one with the Bismarcky puppets posing with everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, which is like the best ever. Um, so I hit him up and was like, hey, man, um, I would love one. And uh, the person who answered was like, I'll, I'm just going to hook you up and send it to you. So I was like, oh, another source of joy, something Aww. else I'm thankful for. And uh, it was actually uh, Jefferson Mao, who, who, who runs mm. our account, a.k.a. Chairman Mao, who, you yeah. know, went on, um, who ended up being one of my editors for a while when I worked there. And I learned a lot from him and um, just a fantastic dude that, I looked up to for so many years and then got a chance to work with him and be edited by him. So it was an honor, but you know, um, yeah, just after my conversation with Jeff, uh, I immediately picked up book of rap lists and LOL yeah. like 30 times. And, right. you know, right. and then, um, then Nate hit us with um, this um, prompt for this episode. And I was like, you know what? I, one of the things I'm most thankful for is ego trip. Like, thank you for being around. Thank you for being ageless. And, 20 years from now, I'm going to pick them up again, you know, pick up their books again and, and LOL another 20 times. So I can't yeah. really think of something else that's such a constant source of joy than the ego trip conglomerate. 
That's awesome, man. I thought you were going to come in here and ego trip on us, talk about how you write for the Paris Review now, <laughs> and how you teach class at San Jose State. Ego maybe, trip. Uh, ego maybe trip. the De La Soul song. No. Um, while, while you guys were, while you were laying that out, David, beautifully, I, I was like, I kept reaching over to my bookshelf. It's just out of view here and fondling my book of rap lists. It's just the best Ooh, thing it's the ever. Best. Yeah. Um, uh, David Bory, did you watch the White Rapper Show? Of course I watched the White Rapper Show. Shout out to Sully. Is that the one from Boston? <laughs> I thought he yeah. was nice. I thought he was nice. <laughs> who, who, who won? It's like somebody from Texas or something. Wasn't I can't it even a, remember a at woman this point. Who won? What, wasn't it a girl who won? Wasn't it a girl who won? All right, you guys keep talking. Oh, there was a guy. There was a guy who was from like Houston who had gold teeth. He won, right? His- oh, was it, uh- no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Riff Raff. Riff Raff was on that MTV show G's to Gents, though. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Five years before he ever blew up. Damn. He himself MTV Riff Raff. Uh, Shamrock won the White Rapper show. That's oh, course. Of course. Of course. Of course. That was a right. sham win, as I recall. <laughs> I mean, he was he was from Cloverfield with Lil Flip, right? That's why it was, that's why it was Shamrock. Shout out to Flip. <laughs> Oh man, uh, Demone, are you an ego it. trip aficionado? Uh, you, you, you know what? I feel like um, hip hop journalism at that particular time, I was a little bit out of it. I was a little bit, I'm like of a source magazine era. There was an era, I have multiple shoeboxes to prove it. Um, but uh, no, I was a little bit disconnected from it, and then I remembered one time um early in our run i was like dave i have this idea for a book about lists of hip-hop and blah 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 (laughs) and he was like yeah like the ego trip book and then i was like oh so i have i have checked it out and i love that um especially in the waning era of like magazines um somebody knew enough about the culture to have a satirical take on it which i won't name any names but the major like hip-hop uh you know conglomerate media conglomerate of right now is just kind of churning out stories about whatever the fuck um and so ego trip had had the the juice at the time and had the energy and it's it's cool to i'm looking at it in retrospect but it's definitely i did pick up the book of lists and went like oh yeah this idea i thought was brilliant has already been done fucking brilliantly brilliantly yeah (laughs) yeah Um, Yeah, man they're the best i hate to compare us to them in any way except for to say we are also a multicultural collective (laughs) of uh rap nerds who uh try to keep it light but have a serious like reverence for the culture and i think it's it's not uh a an accident that they kind of are forefathers of something that we're trying to to continue and some of the guys are just like super rad like brent rollins is the designer and just maximalist like uh like very definitional uh design style where he there's a lot of like um reference within the designs of the magazine itself and then all the great uh record covers that he uh did i'm thinking especially of his work with quantum the soul sites greatest bumps the yes. quantum spectrum yeah. mm-hmm. like they're just such right. great record covers so all those guys are so talented and i'm just really i'm also thankful that they did what they did and kind of showed a path for this kind of nerdy uh uh satirical snarky i think you use the word is like a but you do it lovingly you know right. so much about it that then you can riff on it. And that, it right, fantastic. right. Yeah, that's, that is the difference. Uh, you have to know the culture in order to skewer it properly. Have you guys seen that uh, The Last right. Black Man in San Francisco? You yes. ever seen that movie? Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. End, I know where you're going. Yeah, the, at the end, the guy is uh, kind of, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. It's not berating. It's questioning the white girl on the bus. And he's like, do you love it, though? Do you love San yeah. Francisco? Because yeah. then you can yeah. hate it. Yeah. Um, I get like a little bit about that about San Jose because I, I hate listen, it, but I've been here my whole life. <laughs> right. I've heard I've heard that argument happen on the forty three in San Francisco. <laughs> I, also, also I saw Andre Nicotina on the thirty three Fillmore one time. Wow. Yup. Yup. Facts. And I saw Rapping Forte out front of Rocket Room. Now it's called Neck of the Woods, but it used to be called. Oh, oh that's, damn. Okay. Oh, okay. Bay cards. Yeah. <laughs> yes. okay. that's that is That's absolutely amazing. awesome
You know what, Nate? This year, Turkey Day at my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with the $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. That's even weird to say. I know. It still sounds weird to me. Uh, Oakland misses you, or they don't. I don't really know. I'm not a spokesperson for Oakland. Bet the spread between the Raiders and the Cowboys at my bookie. When you win, when you win, you win. And if you don't, my bookie will refund you up to $250. That's a good deal. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that's what I call no risk, all gravy. But before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code DADBOD at MyBookie. That's promo code DADBOD to double your initial deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one that comes out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with my bookie, and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Uh, Nate, what are you thankful for? Um, and I have to, I, I said this to David via DM and I'll say it to you guys. And I believe I said it last year when we did this, I know this is corny, but I want to do a theme show. I want to interview comedians. It's a good way to bring us all together, but you know, the Thanksgiving going around the table thing, it's a little overdone, but having said that, let me pour my heart out about cool Keith. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I fucking, I love cool Keith. I, um, kind of didn't love this album when it first dropped i was such a big dr octagon guy and i love the dr doom album and obviously ultra magnetic mcs is Mm -hmm. foundational sex style weirdly like to listen to that by myself usually um not (laughs) fit for public consumption maybe in the subway station uh but he did this black elvis record where he is it's on a major label he has like 30 six solo albums or something like that one on a major label this is the one he they gave him budget he used it to do his self-produced beats where he plays bass crazily all over everything and he uh wore that um elvis wig the like pompadour plastic thing Mm -hmm. for in public all the time it was amazing which by the way i've seen in other stuff post that totally he's not putting that thing away (laughs) (laughs) warner brothers paid good money for that (laughs) So uh, let me play a little clip real quick. It's the intro to the Black Elvis record, and Cool Keith uses it to ask some very pertinent questions. Why are you looking hard with a hood on and Timberland boots staring at me for one hour when you could walk up and shake my hand? Why? Why are you making those mean faces in your videos with the fish lens effects? Um, I just have to say, Cool Keith is so funny. He shows no signs of slowing down. He is so incredibly productive. He did like a record with like a thrash band last year. He's got to be in his 50s. He's still taking artistic risks. He's still doing the craziest non sequitur rhymes. I'm just so glad he exists and that we have these documents. And um, I kind of want to ask you, David, uh, do comedians mention Cool Keith? Like, d- does funny rap get passed around in um, comedy circles? Not as much as you would think, which is weird because this is, it's actually really interesting that you asked that because I did not really watch stand up growing up. Like, I think I watched like the Kings of Comedy, maybe. And like, so I, but rap. Rappers have always been funny, so it's like always like I take it for granted. It's cool. Keith is known though, obviously, because you know it's like a very interesting thing to be doing, but not as much as you would like think, which is sad. Because even I think even commercial rappers are funny. You know what I mean? Even like not like Two Chains is hilarious. Two Chains you know is really mm-hmm. funny. That guy's hilarious. Ludacris is funny. Ludacris is so funny. <laughs> so like. 
funnier, like joke for joke, Ludacris beats out a lot of your favorite comedians. <laughs> <laughs> His biggest hits are like actively funny. There's jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Was that what coming to America is just like that's just like a Def Jam set. <laughs> that's hilarious like so yeah i have a reverence from so they do but you know comedians are very snobbish in that they're like oh you want to listen to this lenny bruce from <laughs> no. not really no i know i don't know i stopped saying all those words he got arrested for in middle school I got <laughs> oh man uh can i'm gonna nate i'm gonna kind of jump over you right now and yeah, ask because because we have a we have a comedian on with us um, you mentioned Lenny Bruce. Does like does comedy just generally not age well? No, it's not. It's not supposed to. Okay. It's, a, it's like it's like not only is it a reflection of the time, it's like a reflection of what people were thinking at the time. Like that's the cool thing about rap, right? Is like or music in general is you can hear some music, and and it it shifts the zeitgeist, and that's not. That's not really how comedy works. Comedy is usually, at most, the people on the fringes reflecting what's happening now. So it's just not, it's not supposed to age well. Like, when people are like, oh, I don't like Delirious because he was sexist. It's like, I don't know, everybody was sexist then. That's not, Yeah. that's yeah. not the, the point. Some people can do some things that are kind of like timeless, but for the most part, nah, man. It's like, comedy's like, it's it's a lot like fashion, in that way that like you'll do it and then it'll be played out and it'll be horrible and then 20 years from now they'll look back on it and it'll be chic and then it'll be gross again like that's just kind of like the nature of what it is you know oh man so so well said thank you thank you mm-hmm. very much thank you that being said all my comedy is timeless look me up on youtube <laughs> i'm gonna live forever i saw a set from two Perfect. years ago that is still kills uh, <laughs> definitely definitely check out david bory uh black elvis was an interesting thing i think i was suffering cool kid fatigue at that that's time. what i'm saying i, I yeah. in, yeah. in that way damone i kind of saved it for myself like mm. I didn't play it out then, so I can appreciate it now. Like I don't, I you know, okay. I, the the weird non sequitur nature of Cool Keith's records mean you will hear new things every time. But we're talking yep. a twenty year gap here. That's crazy. totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up, Nate. I mean, we're being, you know, we're here with the comedian, and we're being thankful for Thanksgiving. And you know, Cool Keith is like raps one of best, one of raps best comedians. You know, and and the that intro, I mean, it starts off where it's like they're talking about being a doctor and blah, blah, blah. And then it ends with like, fuck my pussy doctor. (laughs) That's going to be funny in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Never not funny. He's, he's like the, the why questions. It's like, it's funny how cool Keith who was like, he's popular. Like everyone knows who cool Keith is. If you know anything about rap, but he's never been huge. Like cool Mm -hmm. Keith can go to the grocery store and no one's going to stop him and be like, Oh, cool Keith, I want to talk to you. So he's, he, he ha- is in a very distinct position where he can question the accepted uh, wisdom of like, why do you, why you look so mad all the time? Why do you need a bodyguard? Mm. Like it, I, right. cool Keith is a very interesting person to do that because he raps better than everyone. And he doesn't need the trappings of fame to feel famous or to feel like, totally. mm. in his heart. you know what I mean? He totally, just, totally. He really seems to believe in himself. And I think mm-hmm. that's like a, a very beautiful thing. If you really think about it, because cool Keith's weird as fuck. Totally. And I was going to say, I mean, especially the fact that he's so fucking weird. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. But, but like a... legit weird, though. Like right, now, right. now it's oh, like cool yeah. to be manufactured weird. Like right. we're trying to be weird. <laughs> especially um, rappers, yeah. rappers for the first time. It's like, which I welcome because for so long I had been hoping that young people would get on that wave. It sucks that it becomes like commercial, but it's like. I'm just glad black people, black kids are doing weird shit or all kids, just hip hop kids are like so willing to do weird shit, but not like, not like touching themselves in like, <laughs> that's like, that's, he, he has the, he has the market cornered. Totally. Totally. Did he totally. make pornos? Am I thinking? Is Did he wrong? literally make pornos? Did he I think he like produced them or something like that. Uh, David, we just talked to DJ Yella, Yella. of NWA. He ha- has produced it. over 300 adult films. He, he started so mentioning like it. We didn't have any work. questions about it or anything. He was just like, and in my next life, I directed over 300 adult films, award winners. <laughs> award winners? Yeah. 
And then yeah. Sun Doobie from Funk Doobie yep, uh, yep. definitely produced and at times acted in them. And yeah. With Cool yep. Keith, I'm not sure. I, I've I've heard rumors he actually isn't that into sex himself. He's a voyeur. He likes to watch. So I think he's more around it than in it. But I, of course, could be wrong because it's not something I spend a lot of time on. <laughs> sure, Nate. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, definitely thankful for Cool Keith and all of his uh, weirdness that continues to this day. Huge influence on Rock Marciano as well. Um, in terms of, of uh, style and flow and, and Rock is a huge fan of his. Um, all right, we're getting to the table to the angry, disgruntled guy who's going to tell you about the slaughter of the indigenous. It's the <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. Uh, uh, we got some really weird feedback last year. I told my story about how my mom would always center the slaughter of Native American people in a really funny my mom way. Uh, before we ate Thanksgiving dinner. And I told that story on last year's show and we got some weird like person on Twitter that we had to block that was like being weird and Twittery. So I hope that doesn't happen this year, but if it does, we will block your ass. Uh, <laughs> I am thankful for Makami's 26th letter track. Um, uh-huh. Billy Z. Uh-huh. They hate to see a dog balling like a mellow Sour armoretto, your heart made out of jello Pop-tarts and marshmallow Unlike the fashion rebels who blast the bomb skettle Real thugs who palmetto from head to palmetto Mashing on the gas, my foot is on the pedal I'm never gonna settle Fuck you, me on, so, on so good On the new record, uh, Pray for Haiti um, Makami delivers what I feel is like one of the best songs of the year and one a song that we'll be talking about for a really long time. We've talked about Mock quite a bit on this show. I am on record as saying like, um, I understand that he's cool. I understand that he's talented, but I have been searching for a moment, a song, an album that I could connect with. I know a lot of people say HBO, which I've heard. I was searching for something I could connect with and I hadn't yet found it. Um, on Pray for Haiti, I, I definitely think one of the strongest albums of the year. And I found this track in particular to showcase everything that is dope about Makami um, and really all of his potential. I'm not sure where his career is going. Uh, he has a very interesting trajectory where he's kind of shaking hands at the highest levels of rap music, but mm -hmm. also still making these really underground sounding things it's like i'm in dre's studio but luckily i'm not rapping on dre beats um so he occupies this really interesting space and on 26 letter uh, the beat which is fucking bananas which i'm not it's sure. crazy it's crazy so the horn sample like right, i don't know right. if that's a conductor williams or not um but uh he rides the beat in a way that as a rapper i go god damn it like, that's something that I would love to do. I don't know if you feel this, David, when you see a comedian get a real good joke off. Like, God damn. Yeah, all the time. Like, shit. I could have, I I, you think you could have, but then you're like, nah, that's just a special brain over there. No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being a, a jealous little hater. I, I could have, I probably would never, but it's simple enough. It's, it's so direct. He kind of just, there's this horn sample and he like rides it to perfection. And uh, what I really love about Mock is that he manages to entertain without leaning too hard into any particular trope. He's not necessarily a, a, a Coke rapper, although you'll get a reference or two. He's, mm -hmm. he's super braggadocio, but not in that super annoying rapper for rap sake way. Um, he, he's bringing in fashion. He uses words that you wouldn't necessarily use. Um, I've listened to a bunch of his stuff and he'll bring up yogurt. Um, <laughs> and it works though, you know what I mean? He's using like non-typical words um, and you can tell that's kind of this like um, semi non sequitur stream of consciousness thing, but it sounds so good when he's doing it and he kind of has a particular voice register. So uh, I found myself going back to 26 letter like a million times and just being like, this is why I like rap. The beat is super right. simple. He's writing the shit out of it um, and being like super cool, like, cooler to me makami is like what um asap rock not asap rock uh asap rocky would be if he were really good at rapping 
Man. Like the, the mm. look, the feel, everything, but like Mock actually has the goods. Where I think ASAP, it's more of like a. Well, I'm bringing I'm, a little spice to the Thanksgiving oh, table. No. I have to. <laughs> Somebody got to flavor this food. Um, no. Uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm super thankful for for 26 Letter and any rap song that makes me jealous. Uh, I think is a really really good rap song. Can I also say about that song? I love it when Westside Gun just yells. <laughs> Like when he's just not he, like what like he, he say like what was the last time you had your feet in the sand? Like, <laughs> I'm like I'm like Westside. I live 40 miles from the beach, bro. I do like like eight times a year, man. Yeah, come on, man. Also, maybe I'm from Indiana. It's landlocked. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a job. Like I can't just go do that. Uh, I'll say yeah. this: uh, I fuck so hard with a skeletal beat. I love a skeletal beat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Pusha T numbers on the board is kind of the defining skeletal beat of our of our times. Mm-hmm. This one is up there. It's like, man, you can do a lot with a couple of sounds if you know what you're doing. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very stripped down. It lets him do his thing, and I think it's indicative of where we're at right now. Um, I think there was an era, to your point, David, where production was king, yeah. where it was about a rapper fitting into a very highly produced thing. And I think one of Jay Z's geniuses is he learned how to do that without fucking it up. Like yeah. rappers from before would be like, and like fuck it up, ruin it. So, so many yeah. songs you like the beat, and not the rapper. Like yeah. Right. Yeah, kinda, 90s was a lot that. about that. But I think uh, we're in a different era now where the beats are almost stripped down to the point where um, the rapper can be an instrument. And I, that's what I get from Mock. I'm like, oh, you're you're like a, a trumpeter um, who has space to kind of vibe out. Which says so much for the art form, right? Like the, the idea that you're adding to the track in the way that like something that uh, only a classically tra- trained musician could have done before. That like... Speaks a lot to like the direction of hip hop. You hope, right? Growing, yeah, just constant progression, right? Yeah. I mean, as as everyone takes in all this new information and spits it back out, it's just getting better. And that's even though we're slightly older cats, we're not like super nostalgia dudes. Like, of course, we love '90s rap. It's not coming back. We have to appreciate yeah. what's here now. And yeah. the I actually think Griselda's music does not sound like the '90s, but it hits '90s revivalists in a place that makes them happy, and that's kind of that's what we can get right now. It's great. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. Just four guys doing that well. That's enough. Totally. <laughs> that's all, that, but, but it's never that, right? Because now we have 4,000 dudes trying to do it. It's, like, <laughs> it's fine. That's rap. That's rap. Whenever there's a winning formula, everybody's mm-hmm. going to try to jump on it. And Griselda definitely has it right now. I'm glad Makami got to connect with them. I do believe that West Side Gun um, is the executive producer of the year. He, he puts together a project um, in a particular way that um, I think made, he put together Pray for Haiti in a particular way that made Makami, um, to me, a, a, the best presentation of his skills. Um, mm-hmm. And there will be people that will come for me for that. But I, I do feel like that the album through uh, West Side Gun's vision is, is super strong. And so definitely uh, thankful for it. Um, and, you know, just thankful for fucking rap, man. Just you ever just be like, man, rap. Yeah, man. I'm wearing a Larry June t-shirt right now. I'm all I'm 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 all I'm all in. The guy is so great. I sent uh 6 a.m. in Sausalito to some of my friends who live up in Marin County, and I was just like, this is the only rap song you guys are gonna get. Yeah. (laughs) But it's such a good one. He's so good. Yeah, man. He is phenomenal. Um I actually you guys we should go to Larry June's smoothie shop. I'm like being totally serious. He yeah, owns a smoothie shop in San Francisco. We should where where's it in the city? I think it's actually in like kind of um you know where Lower Hate and um what's that other neighborhood? Um Middle becomes Hate? the Fillmore. Oh yeah. There. It's like when you get down to that part of hate that's oh, it's like McDonald's. borders on the fl- on the Fillmore. I yeah, think that's yeah, I think yeah. that's where it is. Um but yeah, that that guy's a monster and I think uh him and Jay Worthy have a Griselda album coming out. Coming up, yeah. Which is going to be really is... good for his career, I would think. That it'll be interesting to see, but again, Westside Gun is one of those dudes he reaches out to West Coast 
those guys, right? Like that's how I learned about mm-hmm. Jay Worthy, right? Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Larry June fits into that scheme. But definitely the most positive. He's the most positive of all of the. Uh, I don't want to say gangster rappers, but all of the kind of player rappers. Just, <laughs> just giving you good advice. I was listening to the to him the other day, and he was just like, "I'd be cleaning up the house. I'd be sweeping and shit." And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, boy. Talk about feeling seen. Me too. Like, yeah, totally. For real, man. I got a wood swiffer. I'm out here. <laughs> All happening for me. That is, yeah. Making the mundane sound fly is Larry June's uh, superpower. Yeah, he's he's making sandwiches for his son. He's sweeping. Uh, and making it all sound fine. So I guess we're all thankful for Larry June as well. Yeah, I think I think that's what happened. And I have to say, Damone, you turned me on to Larry June. I didn't get it, and I had to really sit with it and listen. And I was like, uh, my my line of his, like you were saying, David, he was like, uh, "Nice ass afternoon. Maybe I'll just go ride my bike." I'm like, "That's what I do." <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. Hard. Let's, get a, let's get a green juice and holler at some, you know, b words. No. <laughs> And he's bringing 5.0s back, and that's dope. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> also, he's always at he's always at places like I've been fishing in music videos, like just just across the bridge over by Golden Gate Fields, over by the horse track in Oakland. I'm like, I go there with my friends. <laughs> like, like that's amazing. The real that's ass right. dude, and he's bringing the name Larry back. Like, how many Larry <laughs> you know right now? <laughs> I that is not. that is true. That is true. Um, yeah. So shit, man. Uh, grateful for having David Bory on the program, man. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, do you got anything you want to plug as we as we bring it home? Oh man, no. I I don't even. I dropped off a of Twitter. Uh, find me on Instagram at CoolGuyJokes87. You know, I do my show dates there and stuff like that. Uh, I'm out here. Just uh, you know, keep listening to rap music. <laughs> Yeah, there he goes. Uh, tap into uh, all fantasy everything. Oh, yeah, that too. I, that's my job. <laughs> uh, David, thank you so much. It's really fun to hang out with you. You're hilarious, and oh, uh, we, we're just we're me, fans, man. and uh, just just super cool to connect with you. Meaningful for me personally, and just like um, yeah, dude, you got great taste, and you really fit in, and we just really appreciate you coming through. Thank you, man. Shout out to San Jose. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> there it is. All right, folks. Well, that was Thanksgiving dinner. No racist uncle. Uh, no heartburn. <laughs> this has been the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Don't be